Hey, welcome to Evangel. Today, our young adult pastor, Caleb Graham, has a teaching for you. So open up your Bible and listen in. Well, welcome to church. It's so good to see you. Are you excited to be in church today? Amen, amen, amen. It's so good to be with you. It's an honor to speak and to share a bit of my heart and some of the things that God has been speaking to me and working through uh, in my heart, in my life. And so I'm so excited to share. And I just want to thank and honor Pastor Josh for his willingness to let somebody else share the platform and share the stage. Like, I don't know if you guys understand or realize, but it's a big deal uh, to carry a weight as a pastor. God gives you a platform and an opportunity to lead people, and anytime a pastor or a leader gives up that platform to somebody else, it's a big deal. And so can we just thank Pastor Josh for his leadership? Today we're going to dive right into the book of Proverbs. We've been in this series, Proverbial Summer, and every week we've been taking a proverb or two, uh, a couple of verses from that book, and applying it directly to our lives. And so today we're going to look at three uh, sections of the book of Proverbs. We're going to look at Proverbs 2, 3, and 16, if you brought your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. The verses will be up on the screen. But week one, Pastor Josh preached a message about having words. He talked about the power of our language and the words that come out of our mouth. And last week, he talked about uh, the war in the waiting, what to do, how to live in seasons where you feel like you're waiting on something or someone uh, or something to take place in your life. How do you wait well in this journey called life. And this week, I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about something that God's been speaking to me and working on in my life, and that is purpose and direction. I'm going to talk about purpose and direction. And so I want to say one more welcome to those of you who are in the overflow, and those of you who are uh, watching online or TV, welcome to church. I'm going to start in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. This is the NIV version. New International Version, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. I don't know about you, but I want to have a straight path for my life. When I think about the vision for my life or the things that I want to accomplish or the things that I want to do in life, I would really enjoy and appreciate a straight path. I get to work with young adults on a pretty regular, daily basis, and a lot of them are making the most significant, life-changing, life-forming decisions of of their entire lives. And they're talking about, man, who am I going to work for someday? What what degree am I going to get when I go to school? Or, man, who am I going to marry someday? How do I start thinking about a spouse? When we think of major life decisions, we think about a path. We think about a direction for our life. And I don't know about you, but I would love to have a straight and clear path. Proverbs 2, 8 through 11 says this, He, being God, guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to Him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you and understanding will keep you safe. Final passage, Proverbs 16, verses 1 through 3. says this, We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. I like to take a few moments, the moments that we have left together, and preach a message titled, Straight Paths and Wise Choices. If you're taking notes, Straight Paths 
and wise choices. Let's pray one more time and commit these moments to the Lord. Jesus, we love you. We give you all authority to come and have your way in this place. God, I pray that you would speak directly to our hearts. God, give us a straight path and a straight direction for our lives. God, give us a sense of purpose, a sense of calling uh, on our lives. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, would you say amen? Amen. Quick church poll for you. Uh, How many of you would consider yourself um, a gifted mechanically, gifted mechanically, nice and high, anyone gifted mechanically, several of you, I also saw several of you not raise your hands, so you'd be like me, not gifted mechanically, I struggle all things that have motors and engines, and I'm just not very good at it, and recently, uh, this was a few months ago, I had the opportunity to purchase a new used car, Uh, with the money and the pennies that my wife and I had saved up and we're ready to buy a new car, new to us. And we're, we're so excited. We're getting ready. We're doing all this research. And because I'm not very like mechanical, I don't even know really what I'm looking for other than like what looks cool. Like that's, that's about as far as I go. Like, does it look cool? Sweet. Let's take that one. I figured if we're going to pay lots of money for a car, I should probably go a little bit deeper than that. So I'm looking for a car to purchase. I'm doing all this research. I'm trying to find the most reliable one. I'm taking a lot of things into consideration. But I have all these doubts and all these uncertainties. We go to look at this car that we had decided, this is the one. This is the vehicle. And I, in doing my research, I realized before purchasing a vehicle from a dealer, you take it to a mechanic, right? Let them look at it and give you kind of the status of the car. So I did that. I took the car to the mechanic, and and the guy gives me this long sheet after looking at the car, this long sheet. It was like four or five pages of of work that needed to be done on the car. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I feel feel like I've been lied to. Like, I thought this was a good car. It's obviously not a good car. But instead of just being upset and being frustrated, I called uh, the person who knows cars better than anyone else I know in the world, my father-in-law. I called him, and I said, Oh, John, I, I don't know what to do. I, I looked at this car, and it looks like it's got all these major issues, and I'm uncertain. Do I purchase this car? And how does he respond? Oh, yeah, most of those aren't a big deal. We can just do those. Like, I can help you. I can show you. It's not a big deal at all. Like, we can just handle it. We can just fix it. What? Like, it, you don't understand. It was like four pages of things that needed to be adjusted or fixed. or Like, I'm not That's going to take forever. And he's like, oh, no, no problem at all. What? That doesn't make any sense to me. But for him, it wasn't a big deal. And so often in life, we struggle with uncertainty. I don't know about you, but when it comes to like major life decisions or when you're going to purchase something very expensive, like it's easy to be uncertain, to hesitate. And it's in those moments that I find it's easy to go to God. Lord, I'm about to spend a significant amount of money on a vehicle. I have no clue what I'm doing. Would you come and would you help me? Would you come and give me some sort of direction and guidance? But I don't know why, but in life, when we think about purpose, we think about why we're here, why we exist, the meaning or the direction for our lives. I don't know about you, but I want clarity. I want a sense of purpose. I want a a path that is straight. And I don't know why, but for whatever reason, sometimes in life, we mistaken a path that is straight, but maybe has some bumps, maybe has some some peaks and some valleys, for, for a path that is a wandering path, is a path that we're not supposed to be on. And I just believe very sincerely that God wants to speak to some people today and say, and say to you that he, you are right where he wants you to be. 
Your path is straight. It just maybe has a few bumps in the road. It just maybe has some hills and maybe some valleys and God sees you and God knows you and your path is still straight and you're right where you're supposed to be. But how do we know? If you're like me, you're naturally maybe a little bit skeptical of like, what does this guy mean? He's talking about a lot of encouraging things, a straight path. Like, I want that, but my life seems uncertain and it feels like I'm maybe not on a straight path What does this all mean? How do I know? Here's the question I would like to try and answer today. How do we know if we're on the right path? And how do we know if we're making the right decisions? How do we know? If we look to God's word, we go to a guy named Solomon, who is one of the wisest men to ever live. And he writes this book of Proverbs that is filled with wisdom and knowledge and insight on how to live a life that is on a straight path. You see, we will never become wise enough or strong enough to become self-sufficient and independent from God's Word. I promise you, every time you try and get on the straight path on your own, I'm going to get my life together. I'm going to clean things up. I'm going to figure this thing out. I'm going to get on the straight and narrow. A week or two later, you wind up doing the same old stuff, uh, struggling with the same old thing. And I, I wonder today if there might be some people here who are tired of that. Say, God, I want to get on your path for my life. I trust that you're the one who actually can make the path of my life straight. I think uh, Solomon gives us a few insights within his book of Proverbs, a few questions that I'd like to ask you to help us get on a straight path. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. And he will make your paths straight. This says to me, if I want a straight path in my life, I have to submit to God. So the first question is, am I submitted to God? The first question I want to ask you, are you submitting your life to God? I think it's interesting to note that Solomon doesn't write like a past tense, like submit your life to God and then everything will be fine. It's a present tense word that he's using. Continually submit your life to the Lord, your decisions. And like I said before, it's easy to submit the big decisions, the ones that are life-changing, life-shaping. When you save up pennies to purchase a vehicle, straight cash, homie, that's a big decision. That is a big deal. But what about the day-to-day decisions? What about the mundane? What about the decisions like when, when you and maybe your spouse are like, where do we eat? Where do we go for date night? Like, I don't, that's like sometimes a struggle for us. What if, what if God, what if God cared about those things? What if Jesus was looking at our lives and wanted to tell us that he actually cares about the ordinary, mundane, everyday things that you and I walk through? Are you submitted To God. See, I strongly and firmly believe through experiences in my life that limitless provision will always follow genuine submission to God. Limitless provision for your life, the thing that you're seeking God for, the purpose or the straight path, the provision for that answer is always followed by genuine submission. A willingness to say, God, I'm done trying to do this my own way. I'm done trying to figure this out on my own. I'm done trying to pave my own path in life. We find that Jesus begins to lead us and begins to guide us and begins to do things that maybe we never thought possible. I've experienced way too much in my life otherwise than to say otherwise. I can't stand up here and say that that won't happen for your life. I truly believe 
Genuine submission leads to limitless provision when we submit ourselves to God. The other thing I'd like to challenge you with is that if, if you're here and you're a believer, I'd like to speak just for a minute to people who might call themselves Christians. You're following Jesus. You come to church regularly. You're, you're on the straight and narrow. You're doing your best to follow Jesus. I wonder if you're living in a past tense submission. If you're living in a, yeah, I gave my life to Christ years ago or weeks ago or months ago, so everything should be fine. That's not what Solomon is talking about. That's not what the Word of God is saying. It's a continual thing. And I wonder if there are people who are pumped about what God has done in the past and they're holding on to that. And God is saying, I actually have more for your future, but it's going to require more submission. It's going to require refreshing of your submission of your life to my plans and to my purpose. And Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 will then become true in our lives. I wonder if God might want to do something new here today. I want to challenge you with a question to hopefully drive this point home. How quick is your conscience? How quick is your conscience? If you're saying, yeah, I don't really know where I'm at with this whole submission thing. Like, I, I, maybe I've given my life to Christ, or maybe you're here and you've never done that. I'm going to give you a, a chance to do that at the end of the message. But, but if you're here and you're wondering, where am I at? How quick is your conscience? How quick do you, do you decipher right and wrong? How, how easy is it for you to decipher that? And a quick application and testimony for those of you who are parents. I had a mother who prayed the same prayer for me almost daily, and it was one of the most annoying prayers to hear as a kid. I'm just being honest with you. Almost every night before we went to bed, I can remember my mom praying this prayer. God, give Caleb a quick conscience. Give Caleb a quick conscience. And I can remember as a kid being stuck between decisions that my friends were making and decisions that I knew my mom would want me to make. And I'm stuck between this, these decisions. And I can hear my mom praying over my life, give Caleb a quick and a clear conscience. Yeah, you clap now. Your, your kids are going to be real frustrated when you start praying that prayer. But I'm telling you, I have seen the faithfulness of God, the patience of God in my life, and I truly believe that I can attribute those moments and those decisions to the prayers of my mother. So are you praying for your loved ones? Maybe that's you today, and you're doing the best you can to serve God, to follow Jesus, to be a part of the church, to be a part of this community. But there are some people that you need to pray for. You need to begin to pray for others. Maybe it is a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it is your kids. Maybe it's your grandkids. But I believe that God can work through your prayers. And that's just meant to be an encouragement for you. Are you willing to step out in faith for somebody else? Proverbs 2, 8 through 11 says this. He, being the Lord, guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right just and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you and understanding will keep you safe. Second thought, second question is, are you faithful to God? Are you faithful to God? Okay, what, what does that mean? Are you continually faithful to God? Are you looking for opportunities to be consistent with your faith? Not just with the big decisions or the big commitments or, man, the things that keep you up at night. But are you intentional about time with the Lord? Are you committed faithfully to serve 
the Lord. Another thought might be, are you spending time with God outside of Sunday mornings? That might be a fair assessment of, of where you're at, how faithful you are to walking this thing out, to living this thing out. I believe that being faithful to God allows Him to come in and correct our paths. God keeps us on, uh, on track and He provides us with straight paths. But how? How does He practically do this? That's a thought and a question that I have. Okay, Jesus, I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to do my best. But like, I have no idea where this thing's going or how this thing is going to end. The Word of God says that He has given us, He has already given us His Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, to shape us, to mold us, to lead us. We have the Holy Spirit of the living God in our lives, dwelling among us, looking to lead us and guide us and direct us in our lives. So even though we don't feel like we can see over that mountain or feel like we can see over that bump in the road, we have the Holy Spirit of the living God leading us, guiding us, saying, hey, just trust me. Just trust me. Continue to spend time with me. Continue to cultivate a relationship with me and bring other people along on this journey because I'm going to take you somewhere. And I wonder if maybe God wants to do more in your life than you're giving him permission to. Yeah, I mean, if one person claps, everybody's got to clap. That's a rule. We're giving God praise. Solomon understood this concept. He was the son of David, who was the shepherd boy turned king, and he would have watched his father pursue God consistently continually. He would have known about his father's mistakes, his shortcomings. He would have understood the weight of choices. How quickly and consistently do you, and consistently do you turn to God? Not just in times of need, but when you don't have an immediate need. It's a good assessment. How quickly do you turn to God even when you don't have an immediate need? Are you faithful to God today? Proverbs 16, 1-3. Says this, we can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Verse 3 Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. I love that promise. Third thought, third question for today What is your motivation in life? You see, Solomon had the opportunity, the resources, the finances to do a lot of things, he was king. Successful, wealthy, wise. What more could he have wanted? He had the opportunity to do a lot. You and I have an opportunity to do a lot of things. Why do we want to do them? Man, this verse strikes me so strongly. Commit your actions to the Lord and he will make your plan succeed. Why do you do what you do? Man, why do you set the goals that you set? Why do you have the dreams that you have? Why do you want to see and do and accomplish great things? Like, I don't know about you, but I want to do all of those things. I want to see incredible things. I want to witness God do miracles. I want to experience things that, that maybe other people won't get to experience. I want to be set apart. I want God to use me. I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. But why? Is it so that I can experience all these great things? Or... Do I want to see God fulfill the purpose that I was put on this life to on this earth to fulfill? 
Right? If we believe the word of God, it says that you and I were designed uniquely, knit together, the Bible says, in our mother's womb for a plan and for a purpose. And so when I talk about purpose and direction for your life, I'm not just up here giving a spiritual pep talk, trying to encourage you. No, this is real stuff. This is what the word of God says, that he actually designed you for such a time as this, as Peter Olson was sharing. Maybe, just maybe, God put all of us in this room together on a day like this to do something bigger than we expected. Maybe, just maybe, God wants to show up and disrupt our regularly scheduled program. Right? Is that the motive for living life? One thing that I want to leave you with, I think especially in our culture, I know it's true for me, is this thought of acting, this thought of action. Like I want to know, like when I was purchasing that car, I want to know how reliable is this car going to be? How is this moment or this situation going to end? I want this car to run forever. And in life, I want the same thing. But I think it's interesting how Solomon writes about taking actions. You see, I believe pure and godly motives give us permission to act in faith. Sometimes it's easier for God to guide a moving object than it is to start a stagnant one. I believe there are people in this room that need to start moving. You have been waiting patiently. You have been sitting on your hands. You have received a dream in your heart or God has given you a vision or a direction for your life and you've been sitting on your hands. And God would say, I see your heart. Your motives are pure. Now take a step of faith and take action. Don't be afraid to move in the midst of uncertainty. God will correct you if you get off course. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. God honors the actions that are fueled by pure motivation. God honors actions that are fueled by pure motivations. The one thought I want to leave you with today, if you leave with nothing else, is this. Wise choices produce straight paths. Wise choices produce straight paths. You have an opportunity today to make wise choices. I think Jesus teaches us about a deeper truth. When we're talking about direction and purpose and, man, how we're going to live out this life, where are we headed, how is this thing going to end, Jesus gives an even deeper principle, an even deeper meaning, and it speaks to me, and I hope it speaks to you, that what you're going through and what you're facing and emotionally what you deal with in terms of uncertainty is okay. Jesus actually went through it. John 14, verse 6 says, Jesus told the disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. The word way translates to path. The disciples were confused by the meaning of this because they're wondering, how do we live out this thing called life? What is our direction? What is our purpose? And Jesus is saying, there's a deeper meaning here. I am the way to all fulfillment. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way to all of eternity spent in heaven with me, but I also am the way for your practical, ordinary, everyday lives. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus can handle your uncertainty. Let me show you a verse where Jesus himself was uncertain before he went to the cross to be murdered for you and for me. He struggled. 
Luke twenty two forty two says, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. You and I are not in the wrong for asking God to clarify certain things. God can handle your uncertainty. Man, so often, especially in our culture, I find myself doing this. In moments where I'm uncertain, I'll keep it to myself. Ah, I'm just going to stay, and I'm just going to continue to process this and think about it and analyze it and think about it and analyze it and process it. And Jesus is saying, hey, would you share that with me? Would you speak that out in faith, trusting that I can clarify your uncertainty? God can handle your uncertainty today. And I believe he's going to for a few of you, maybe many of you. The, the question then becomes, are we willing to subject our paths and our decisions to Jesus? It's okay for us to be uncertain, but it's not okay for us not to share them with Jesus. Even though our lives can feel out of control, like we're on the wrong path, I want to assure you today that Jesus is fully in control. He sees you and he knows you and he has a plan for your life. Would you stand with me? From the front to the back, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you've been struggling with purpose, you've been struggling with direction, you need God to speak to you, On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to slip a hand in the air. Nobody's looking around. It's an opportunity for you to respond to what God is doing, not to what even I'm saying, but what God is doing in your heart. If that's you, you need clarity with purpose and vision and direction. Would you slip a hand in the air? Many hands. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Many hands. Praise God. You can go ahead and put them down. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your grace on our lives, God. Thank you for providing clarity, God. Thank you for bringing purpose and direction and straightening our paths, Lord. I pray for every hand that was lifted, God, and even the hands that weren't lifted. God, would you bring clarity to our paths, to our lives? God, would you bring purpose and meaning? Would you give us a sense of understanding, knowing why we were placed on the earth for this moment and this season and this time? society and culture, God. You placed us here to make an impact, to have influence. So I pray that you'd speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. I need to speak and give one more opportunity for response with every head bowed and every eye closed very quickly. If you're here today, you've never made the decision, the commitment to follow Jesus. And as I was talking, you said to yourself, today is my day. Now is my moment. I need to make the decision to submit my life to Jesus. Let him direct my path. If that's you today, would you slip a hand in the air? See it in the front. See it in the back. Thank you. Middle. Many hands. Many hands. You can go ahead and put them down. Jesus, you see every hand that's lifted. God, you see every heart that's surrendered to you. Lord, would you come and speak to us, God? God, we confess that we have missed the mark, that we have sinned, and our sin has kept us and separated us from you, God. But your grace is sufficient for us. Thank you, Lord, for that grace and that forgiveness, your blood that was shed for us, that redeemed us and made us new. In Jesus' name, amen.
We're so glad you joined us today. Our hope is that you're challenged and encouraged by these teachings every week. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. Send us an email at mystory@goevangel.org. For more information about our church, check us out online at goevangel.org.